fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. Several shots were fired as President Kennedy's motorcade passed through downtown Dallas. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. This is just a second, please. Welcome to the Hagman Daily Show, weekdays 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And now your hosts, Joe Hagman and John Robertson. Well, there we go. Hello and welcome to today, this Tuesday edition of the Hagman Daily Show. Sorry there, i uh, just getting some things situated. I'm not broadcasting from where I usually broadcast from, so I'm a little uh, uh, out of my element here trying to do this f- from a different location. But here we are, we're ready to go. It is me solo today, and I got some good stuff for this show. Now, I've been doing a lot of research, even since the show we had on Hagman Report last night, And I've been focusing uh, some of that research on a question that I've asked here on the show, uh, but uh, it has to do with prophecy. It has to do with, is America in Bible prophecy? Who in uh, today's world is Babylon? Who is the daughter of Babylon? And I want to, if we get a chance, talk about this today. But first and foremost, we're going to kind of lay some groundwork uh, not to get right into the prophetic stuff, but we're going to lay out the uh, agenda, the human element of this, and then from there we will go into the prophetic and see how uh, they match up. How much? What? How much of what the globalist agenda through the UN, through these uh, think tanks, the NGOs, and the implementation of their ideology all across the board, how this matches up with what prophecy says? will happen and who will come together and and what that will look like and part of that is identifying the players or the people or the countries and peoples who are uh in the bible in bible prophecy in these end times and what their excuse me what their roles are so i guess we'll just start here with uh you know news of the day uh things that are are worth mentioning as far as uh, uh, news, obviously there was a summit between President Trump and Vladimir Putin yesterday, and the media has, which they do uh, with every and any breath Donald Trump takes, went right off the rails. Uh, fake news going crazy. Uh, th- this is a headline on the front of Drudge from CNN.com, and there was there's been a lot of crazy stuff that CNN has been uh, in the, in recent days. Uh, has been saying that is very uh it's even extreme for them which says a lot and this uh okay there there it goes it loaded there's a video attached to this um okay trump surprised at fierce criticism of putin news conference this is what cnn's article says president trump was upbeat immediately after his news conference with putin in finland But by the time he returned stateside on Monday evening, his mood had soured considerably amid sustained fury at his 
extraordinary embrace of the Russian leader. Now, his aides are wondering how he will respond to anger and even his staunchest supporters after he sided with Putin over U.S. intelligence agencies, agencies, excuse me, investigating Russian interference in the 2016 election. Now, okay, it goes on to say this. Uh, he offered a defiant rebuke of his critics mid-Tuesday morning, writing on Twitter, while I had a great meeting with NATO, Raising vast amounts of money, I had an even better meeting with Vladimir Putin of Russia. Sadly, it's not being reported that way. The fake news is going crazy, he prompted. Uh, earlier, Trump tweeted Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky who had defended Trump in television interviews, saying he's been the focus of a partisan investigation over Russia, tweeted to Rand Paul. He said, thank you, Rand Paul. You really get it. And it, this article continues, Trump's self-defense, however, was unlikely to quell the uproar caused by Monday's news conference. Now, what is that uproar? What did he say that is so bad? Why is now even, I'm going to play a clip here from last night's CNN, Don Lemon, where he says, can we continue to call Trump the president? This is the level that we are at with these people. John Brennan, the admitted communist and Muslim, uh, from what we can tell, misses communist Russia. He calls Trump a dupe, but Brennan actually was one for the Soviets. John Brennan's anti-Trump tweets grow more and more manacle. Uh, his latest tweet holds that Donald Trump's Russia di diplomacy in Helensky raises to and exceeds the threshold the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. It was nothing short of treasonous. So here, the former head of the CIA, John Brennan, one of the biggest proponents of globalism over nationalism. One of the biggest... <laughs> All right. John Brennan has a long globalist communist history he was a person who supported the soviet controlled american communist party he meets the textbook definition of a treasonous person we talked about the treason on the hagman report last night we also talked about sedition and the different laws under 18 usc i think it's 2381 is treason and when you look at some of those definitions, uh, they have many different uh, um, laws under treason. You know, you have sedition, you have uh, stuff against the government, on and on and on. A lot of it has to do with attempting to uh, create an armed insurrection. But it doesn't, uh, there's more to it than that. Even in the definition of treason, it's, it's uh, working against the uh, best interest of the American people, working against the Constitution for a foreign entity or for your own personal gain or whatever your your objective is to destroy the country we'll say so not to spend too much time on on this stuff because this is what the you know political um uh, this game of politics the political circus that we are daily watching unfold some days we like talking about the political circus all day some days we don't today i really uh, could go either way, but I have a lot more interesting things I'd rather talk about uh, than to examine and rehash uh, the insane medias, the people who are suffering from a mental disorder uh, based on the lines of, of spiritual uh, ignorance and deception. Uh, let's listen to this Don Lemon clip, and then this is what we're going to do. We're going to go with what I planned on doing. We are going to talk about the direction of our nation, which, where are we headed as a people? And 
which way can how can we end up going? I mean, there's a few ways that this can roll out, say, barring any economic collapse or, or any kind of major catastrophe. We have nationals, nationalists who promote a national agenda, kind of like the Make America Great Again, promoting America first as far as uh, when we, we have deals with other countries. You know, we give too much away. Too much of our money uh, is given to to other nations, other groups, terrorist organizations even. And this is all part of the globalist agenda, the, the open borders, and we'll talk about that. But we're going to identify what what is a nationalist and what is the, uh, we'll just say, uh, uh, basic ideology of a nationalist agenda. Then we're going to go to the globalist agenda, and we're going to read in their own words what they want to set up as far as uh, an international community, but with a one world government. And I'm going to go off a UN document here, a United Nations document that they still adhere to called the Global Compact, meeting the responsibility to respect in situations of conflicting legal requirements. And what this talks about is how they will set up a system where all people and governments and companies, every entity will comply with all applicable local and national laws, but also regional and international laws as the central tenet. So when we think of our local laws and the requirements that those pose on us, and then we think of a, an even greater body, a world court, if you will, with international laws that are, that are different than our own national laws and the conflict that that can create. We're going to get into how this is going to look, the moral, the legal, and the vision of the people of the, the, the globalists and their language that they use. Because much like abortion, abortion is a great example of this, of the, their, uh, you know, how they uh, twist words, how they manipulate language. They call they don't even call it murdering your baby. They call it abortion. But now they've moved it on to a, a completely different uh, definition, and that is women's reproductive health rights. Now, any of us who are Christians <clears throat> who hold dearly uh, the, the uh, innocence of life of a, of a baby in the womb knows that the termination of that baby is nothing short of murder, what the Old Testament talked about as sacrificing their children to Moloch. That's exactly what it is. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't justify it away with pretty language. You are murdering a baby in the womb. Call it what it is. Why? I mean, why the games? Why, why the, uh, you know, the, the trickery? Women's reproductive health rights and uh, on and on and on. Trying to, to, to camouflage it. It's like the saying, putting lipstick on a pig. Call it what it is. It's baby murder. Just because you don't want to recognize it as a baby. And we talked about this last week. A study was done over uh, 15 years or 10 years, I believe it was. 300 babies uh, in the womb were played different types of music. Mozart, classical music, Christmas carols, and others. Disney music. And at 18 weeks, 18 to 38 weeks, the children, the babies in the womb, were, were caught on videotape singing along to these songs so to say that that baby in the womb is just a clump of tissues is a fetus is not a living thing is just a lie it's a lie to justify what they want to do 
It's a lie to justify murder. They can call it whatever they want, but it's still a baby. Anyway, before we get too far down this, we're going to talk about how, uh, and I use that abortion example uh, for not calling it what it is, just like how they talk about when they want to implement this global government under the guise of doing so uh, for the protection of human rights. But when you read their documents, it's not human rights that they're concerned with. See, what's interesting is uh, we have set up this country, our founders, whether you believe it was inspired by God or otherwise, uh, as far as fallen man is concerned, the sinful nature of man, we have set up the best system of government for a people to be free in their religious pursuits, in their occupational pursuits, in their family pursuits. It has generated the most prosperous nation on earth in such a short time. Now, everybody on the left and the haters are trying to change it. Instead of emulating it to make the whole world, every country, a constitutional republic and as prosperous as America, they want to destroy America. But they wrap it up in definitions and terms. Uh, Like I said, they want to throw out the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights and instead replace it with human rights expressed in the International Bill of Human Rights. And we're going to talk about what those are because they are not as they sound. We always talk about the uh, people who, who always want an equal outcome. Not the equal opportunity that provides this capitalist system of supply and demand uh, and it allows people to be entrepreneurs and innovative and, and create. And this is why we've seen such a rapid intensification and growth in technological area, uh, areas since the Industrial Revolution forward. We have at least, uh, and I don't like to use this word, we'll say evolved. We've learned, we've grown as a people since seventeen, the year 1700 until today, the pace of technological changes that have changed the way we live would not have been possible without the freedoms that this American experiment has allowed. But see, this is the problem. They don't want a free people. They don't want people to be able to worship Jesus if they want. They don't want people to be able to you know, make money, we'll say. Uh, They want equal outcomes. And that's like jail. Everybody has three meals a day. Everybody gets the same amount of rec time outside. But anyways, we'll, we'll get to that. So let's just go back to Don Lemon. Don Lemon yesterday asked the question, can we continue to call Trump the president? Can we call Trump the leader of the free world? Can we still call him the leader of the United States? Has he gone from snarling alpha dog in Brussels, blasting our allies, to Putin's lapdog in Helensky? Let's listen to the fabulous Don Lemon. Strong, tough leader, the person he thinks he is, instead of quailing beside the Russian strongman. His own director of national intelligence, Dan Coates, saying this today. We have been clear in our assessments of Russian meddling in the 2016 election and their ongoing persuasive efforts to undermine our democracy. And we will continue to provide unvarnished and objective intelligence in support of our national security. 
Can we still call President Trump the leader of the free world? Can we still call him the leader of the United States? He has gone from snarling alpha dog in Brussels, blasting our allies, to Putin's lapdog in Helsinki. Just take a look at the front page. This is the New York Daily News. That's tomorrow. Accusing the president of showing him and showing him shooting Uncle Sam in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Accusing him of treason, I should say. And shooting Uncle Sam in the middle of Fifth Avenue. I'd never realized that it can be anything but sunny in Helsinki at this time of year. Until today, as you see behind me, there's a little bit of a gloom now. It's set in right after the world witnessed a betrayal the likes of which we've never seen. America's president sided with its enemy today. Shock has turned to a national shunning as America finds unity in President Trump's perfidy. First up tonight, we have former U.S. Intelligence Chief Leon Panetta on what does it mean when a president betrays his own country? And what does this mean for the GOP in efforts to oppose Trump? We have a man who could try to unseat him in 2020, Ohio Governor John Kasich. Now, whatever died today, something may have been born as well. For all the emotion of the moment, the most powerful force is fact. And we're going to lay out an absolutely truthful account of a day that is unprecedented in world history. My friends, let's get after it. All right, sorry. So there you have it. Uh, that was a, a piece both of Don Lemon and then it cut to Chris Cuomo where you heard uh, him say, uh, as he is in Helsinki, I have never realized that it could be anything but sunny in Helsinki at this time of year until today. As you see behind me, there's a little bit of gloom right now. It's set in right after the world witnessed a betrayal, the likes of which were never seen, he continued. So, saying that President Trump meeting the leader of Russia is tantamount to treason? These from the same people who not only conspired to cover up Hillary Clinton's crimes and to get her into office, but also conspired, lied, and deceived in an attempt to take candidate Trump's hopes of becoming a president away, and also went further, conspired to create a bogus investigation in the hopes of getting him impeached. See, what's interesting, and, and I'll say this, you know, Trump is driven by ego. He does not put his foot in his mouth a lot, but he could be more diplomatic. He could be more uh, uh, statesmanlike, but that's not the person we elected. We have had year after year, term after term, these, these people who are so fake and they have this political jargon, which basically says, I'm going to say things that make your, your, uh, that make you feel good. And then I'm going to steal the money behind your back and, uh, you know, sell you down the river. But, I, but at least I'm, I'm uh, upholding the decency of the office. Every, it's all backwards. So President Trump meets with Russia. He met with NATO first. And an uh, interesting point on that that nobody seems to talk about is the fact that he got NATO partners, allies, to increase the amount of money they put in, reducing the amount of money American taxpayers have to pay in. Somehow this is a bad thing. 
President Trump berating Angela Merkel for putting together a multi-billion dollar energy deal with the enemy, Russia. How many of the media outlets called Merkel an enemy or unfit to be uh, the leader? I mean, the level of, of insanity in the media today, it is hysterically funny and at the same time so spiritually depressing. And I say it's funny in the sense that um, it's, you know, seriousness. We, we talk and cover, this is life and death stuff, salvation, uh, the future of this country, and the amount of corruption, the way that this country has been piece by piece, systematically and subtly torn apart away from the original constitution and its intent. These same people who are the destroyers of this nation are the same people who are criticizing President Trump, who has been doing nothing but creating better deals and better relations for America and the American people. Now, Obama, he bombed more people than any president in the history of the United States via drones. I'll get the statistics pulled up. But his last few years in office, he broke even his own records. And if I remember off the top of my head, I think there was 16,000 drone strikes in his last year of presidency. I will find uh, that number. And I'm sure that stuff still continues under President Trump. But the two, I guess we'll say, the two uh, directions of our country. We have people who are nationalists, who believe in the Constitution, the rule of law, the way America was set up, its, its laws and, and everything that comes with it should be the way it is. We should continue to look out for our own best interests. We should continue to hold on to our own sovereignty. We should continue uh, at at the same time to work for peace and prosperity in the global arena. Make sure that we are taking care of ourselves first. Because basically it's a rigged system and we all know that. And it never will be fixed until the Lord returns. But each and every person out there, myself and and all of the listeners included, we work hard every single day. We work hard at our jobs. We work hard to, uh, you know, maintain order and morality in our family. We work hard to, you know, uh, watch our diets. We work hard to, to, to live a good life. And these people are stealing that from us. And then turning around and telling us, well, you don't even you don't know what's best for you. We know what's best for you. Anyway, ABC pushes claim Trump committed treasonous act. Speculate on blackmail. Speculated on blackmail. This is an interesting story. And then we're going to be done with Russia and Trump after this. During Monday's edition of World News Tonight, ABC demonstrated what uh, what they really thought of President Trump when they pushed political accusations that he committed an act of treason during his press conference with Vladimir Putin. And that's not hyperbole. The on-screen headline ABC ran with stated, Critics, Trump press conference, treasonous. The over-the-top person they were elevating was Obama-era CIA director John Brennan, who had unraveled on Twitter earlier that day in his tweet. Donald Trump's press conference performance in Helensky raises and exceeds the thresholds of high crimes and misdemeanors. We read that earlier. But, okay, I said this on last night's show. We're told to judge a person by their enemies. So when I see 
the John Brennans, the Don Lemons, the Obamas, uh, any mainstream media outlet. When I see the left hate, hate what Trump is doing, that tells me he's doing something right. But it's just unbelievable, the complete hypocrisy of the media. Can you imagine how much unity would be gained if the media just admitted that yes they're biased that yes they uh, have these beliefs they have they believe in globalism and that's what they want but just reported the news honestly letting their viewers know that yes this is what we believe uh, versus this is the system we have uh, but you know this is what's going on they can't do that the left eating its own Atheist Richard Dawkins labeled racist by progressive PC police for saying cathedral bells more pleasant than aggressive sounding Allah Akbar. And it uh, there's a whole bunch of, of crazy headlines like this, but we talk about so often the Democrats having no identity, no message, no plans for helping create a better government a system that helps the American people. One of the things that was so striking about the Hillary Clinton and DNC email leaks was that none of the 30,000, 60,000 plus emails, not one of them was about how to better help the country, how to better help the people or the businesses of this country. And that in itself says a whole lot. So back to our, I guess what I laid out there at the beginning, nationalism versus globalism we have uh in this country and have seen uh constant since the inception of the federal reserve constant interference and a push toward this i guess you'd call it this international globalist system and it's happened and and it's manifest in several different ways and has been very successful at least in the sense that there's the IRS, the income tax, uh, on and on and on and on. There, there's so much that they've been able and successful at accomplishing. And we are sitting here scratching our heads as this moves at a breakneck pace, asking, what can we do as a people to stop this? How do we stop the Leviathan that is the deep state, that's a satanic elite, the agenda that has been in the works plan planning for thousands of years, being implemented right before our eyes. We can't. Only through prayer, the Lord can do it. But what we can do is make differences in our own lives, in our own sphere of influence. We can continue to promote the gospel and win souls to, to the Lord. That is the most important thing we can do. Because without that faith and without the, the understanding and the discernment, you really... Um, uh, you're lost. Everything is a deception and a manipulation in this in today's world. Who knows? If, you know the videos. What videos are real and not real? They can create anything to make it look as though it is something it's not. And we can't trust our eyes. We can't trust our ears. We can't trust the people <clears throat> who are in these positions of power uh, that are supposed to be uh, uh, reporting the truth for the sake of the country, doing their duty as media outlets to keep the government accountable at the same time giving us the facts of what is happening uh, without any bias 
but that is long gone from us. So, the national versus the globalist agenda. When we look at our system of government, and I have a book here in front of me, it's called Leviathan. It was written by Thomas Hobbes in the year 1651. And it is a very uh, tough read if you are not familiar with the uh, style of writing from anywhere from the the 1550s until uh, mid-1800s. Uh, words are, are different, have different meanings today, and they, different phrases. And Anyway, the book, it is uh, called Leviathan. For by art is created that great Leviathan called a commonwealth or state, which is but an artificial man, though of greater stature and strength than the natural, for whose protection and defense it was intended, and in which the sovereignty is an artificial soul, as giving life and motion to the whole body. The magistrates and other officers of jurisdictions and execution artificial joints reward and punishment, by which fastened fastened to the seat of sovereignty every joint and member is moved to perform his duty. And this goes through basically describing our country uh, as a person, as a body, you know, with, with nerves, with cells, every, as the Lord pretty much is des- describes his uh, people, uh, his chosen ones. We are the body of Christ. Uh, you know, ev- everybody plays a different role. You can't, the, the big toe can't do what the elbow can do, but both are equally important. So Thomas Hobbes says that in his writings, Leviathan also called the state and a commonwealth, which is very interesting because when we look at scripture and we've been talking about this at length, I'm going to read to you exactly what it is that uh, Leviathan is, how Leviathan is defined in scripture. And this is so important because this ties in perfectly to what I want to talk about if we have time with Bible prophecy, with Bible prophecy. Um, And if we take Thomas Hobbes at his word or, or at his interpretation, that Leviathan, that beast that is talked about in the Bible, that monster, if we take uh, Thomas Hobbes' definition and equate it to exactly what it was that is said in the King James, then we come to an understanding that the fallen man has to have a system of government, some system of government. And because we are fallen, it's corrupt and it becomes corrupt and it it gets worse and worse and worse as, as the time goes on. But this is what the Bible says about the Leviathan. And then we'll go back to and summarize Thomas Hobbes's Leviathan and see if they match up. Now there's uh, several Bible verses regarding to Leviathan from the King James version. You have Isaiah 27, one in that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Psalms 74.14 Thou breakest the heads of the Leviathan in pieces, and gave it him, uh, gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. And uh, Job 41 is really uh, a big one. Um, where it really explains 
Leviathan in great detail. And let's see if I can get this to work. I don't know if you guys will like this, but you know if you use the website BibleGateway.com, you can, there's these little features up at the top. Uh, you can print out, you know, chapter and verse. You can highlight, you can uh, add things, but you can also listen. It will read it to you. So if this is, uh, if this works right, we're going to listen to what Job, Job 41. Here it goes. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Canst thou put an hook into his nose, or bore his jaw through with a thorn? Will he make many supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? Will he make a covenant with thee? Will thou take him for a servant for ever? Will thou play with him as with a bird, or wilt thou bind him for thy maidens? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Canst thou fill his skin with barbed irons, or his head with fish spears? Lay thine hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? None is so fierce that dare stir him up. Who then is able to stand before me? Who hath prevented me that I should repay him? Whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportion. Who can discover the face of his garment, or who can come to him with his double bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they cannot be sundered. By his sneezings a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. In his neck remaineth strength, and sorrow is turned into joy before him. The flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. They cannot be moved. His heart is as firm as a stone, yea, as hard as a piece of the nether millstone. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings they purify themselves. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold, the spear, the dart, nor the habergeon. He esteemeth iron as straw, and brass as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Slingstones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laugheth at the shaking of a spear. Sharp stones are under him. He spreadeth sharp pointed things upon the mire. He maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. He maketh a path to shine after him. One would think the deep to be hoary. Upon earth there is not his like, who is made without fear. He beholdeth all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. All right, that was Job 41. And if you hear in that description... The Job uh, 42. Oh, here we go. I got to find. Then the, uh, Job answered the Lord and said, <laughs> I got to find the uh, 
I know that thou canst do everything. Website. Hold on. And that no thought can be withholden from thee. Hold on. <clears throat> Who is he that hideth counsel with Okay, sorry about that. So, what was just described in Job 41, and, and just a few of them uh, that are noteworthy, um, will he make a covenant with thee? Will thou take him for a servant forever? Uh, it goes on to say, shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Can't thou fill his skin with barbed irons or his head with fish spears? Lay thy hand upon him. Remember the battle. Do no more. Behold, the hope of him is in vain. Shall not one be cast down even at the sight of him? None is so fierce that dare stir him up, who is then able to stand before me. I will not conceal his parts, nor his power, nor his comely proportions. Who can discover the face of his garment? Who can come to him with his double bridle? Anyway, it, this describes a beast, a monster, uh, that, with nostrils of smoke, mouth of burning lamps of fire, like a dragon. His scales are so tight that air can't pass between them. Does that not remind you of the network of the satanic elite and the globalists and their agenda? Their network being so tight, nobody ever leaks, nobody ever exposes the grand scheme of things. Maybe it's so compartmentalized they can't do it, but it seems as though it's almost an impossibility. And... You know, when I read these comparisons, when I read what it says about Leviathan in the Old Testament versus this book by Thomas Hobbes, which is from Wikipedia, the following. Thomas Hobbes wrote Leviathan in 1588 through 16. Uh, I'm sorry, it was published in 1651. It, its name derives from the biblical Leviathan. The work concerns the structure of society and legitimate government and is regarded as one of the earliest, most influential examples of social contract theory. Leviathan ranks as a classic Western work on statecraft comparable to Machiavelli's The Prince, written during the English Civil War. Leviathan argues for a social contract and rule by an absolute sovereign. Hobbes wrote that civil war and the brute situation of a state of nature, the war of all against all, could only be avoided by strong undivided government that makes sense right but as you, and in folks both these books leviathan and machiavelli's the prince are both free online if you just search leviathan pdf you can download the book you can read it for free and i would urge everybody to do so um it, it it's not necessary but it does shed some light on uh, um, the tying in the human fallen nature and the systems of governments that have been created uh, and the what we live in, which is the constitutional republic, and how it itself is fallen and evil. But of the commonwealth, the purpose of the commonwealth, the final cause, end, or design of men who naturally love liberty and dominion over others, 
in the introduction of that restraint upon themselves in which they see them live in commonwealths is the foresight of their own preservation and a more content contended life thereby that is to say of getting themselves out of that miserable condition of war which is necessarily consequent as hath been shown to the natural passions of men where there is no visible power to keep them in awe and tie them by fear of punishment to the performance of their covenants covenants and then he goes uh, from there the commonwealth is instituted when all agree in the following manner I authorize and give up my right of governing myself to this man or this assembly of men on this condition that thou give that thou give up thy right to him and authorize all his action in like manner uh basically saying that it is uh, uh you agree in a social contract between you and the government and the government and, and the, we're supposed to go by the constitution. And this is getting into a, a, a very, we could go down a dark rabbit hole here about sovereignty, self-sovereignty, spiritual sovereignty, or at least with God. And uh, some, some people make arguments that uh, because we have birth certificates and because we have social security numbers, um, uh, we are in a false covenant with a nation and that the declaration of independence was really a declaration uh, uh of independence from the lord and his way uh, and his ways of government now <laughs> um nationalism versus globalism versus prophecies what we're talking about but anyway read leviathan it's great but it like uh, uh many works it just shows that the as long as humans are in control, the systems are going to be fallen. Now, we were told by our founding fathers that this system of government that we have been given is only maintainable by a moral people and a scriptural people. And we don't have that today. And this is why we see our country falling apart. Now, uh, this book is broken into four chapters. The last chapter is The Kingdom of Darkness. And in this chapter, Hobbes doesn't mean hell when he's talking about the kingdom of darkness, but the darkness of ignorance as opposed to the light of true knowledge. That sounds so familiar to what we live in today. This considered the kingdom of darkness is nothing else but a confederacy of deceivers that to obtain dominion over men in this present world endeavor by dark and erroneous doctrines to extinguish them in the light hobbes enumerates four causes of this darkness the first is by extinguishing the light of scripture through misinterpretation hobbes sees the main abuse as teaching that the kingdom of god can be found in the church thus undermining the authority of the civil sovereign Another general abuse of scripture, in his view, is the turning of consecration into conjecture, or silly, or into ritual. The second cause is demonology, of the heathen poets. In Hobbes' opinion, demons are nothing more than constructs of the brain. Hobbes then goes on to criticize what he sees as many of the practices of Catholicism, now for the worship of saints and images and relics and other things at this day practice in the church of rome i say they are not allowed by the word of god 
The third is by mixing with scripture diverse relics of the religion and much of the vain and erroneous philosophy of the Greeks and especially Aristotle. We talk often about in Rome, and this all ties, this is great. I wish we had more time today because this ties into something I've been researching, which is the uh, in Babylon, daughter of Babylon and prophecy, the purpose of America, why it was set up, and what the Bible says about this. And in researching <clears throat> D.C., Washington, D.C., uh, one of three city-states, which is part of, uh, and getting into this, this is part, this is rough notes of what I'm working on, the three city-states uh, being one, military in might, that is D.C., one being financially, uh, the financial arm, that's London, and then the religious arm, that is Rome. So, Babylon, in old times, was not only a city, but it was also a nation. It was a city-state. And we're told in Jeremiah 50, verse 12, I'm going to have to pull this up, the Jeremiah 50, 12, because this is really important. Um, I, I saw that, I, like I said, this is just um, me going through research that I have not properly uh, organized and, and put together, put back together properly. So you're just getting basically uh, my, my raw thoughts on um, what we see uh, happening, uh, what we see from this research. Now, okay, I can't, whatever, for whatever reason, my computer's not working. Jeremiah 50, verse 12. Your mother shall be sure confounded. She that bear you shall be ashamed. Behold, the hindermost of the nations shall be a wilderness, a dry land, a desert, wholly desolate. So in that verse, in Jeremiah 50, it's talking about the hindermost nation, the last of all nations. Hindermost, the root word, is, let's see here where I have it, H319, if you're looking in the, the concordance. And what that definition is, it means the last or the end. Posterity. So is Jeremiah 50 talking about America? When we look at how uh, Babylon, the daughter of Babylon, are referred to, uh, look how Israel is referred to by God in the Old Testament as he was proclaiming judgment on it. He referred to Israel as a harlot, as a prostitute, as a whore, because of their multiple idolatries, and so many more we're not going to have time to get into. And I'm, I forgot the point why I was saying that. Uh, oh, the daughter of Babylon. Okay, so your mother shall be sore confounded. She that bear you, she shall be ashamed. Behold, the hindermost of the nations shall be a wilderness, a dry land, uh, a holy desolate. And when we look at, again, the hindermost, America kind of came out of nowhere, right? Uh, we have 6,000 years of recorded history of adventures of uh, people traveling the globe and establishing communities all over the place. But it's kind of like what the Bible says of a nation rising out of the sea, kind of out of nowhere. But re regardless, over the last 500 years, America was founded and she has grown. She, you know, I'm saying she, because this is how they're referred to as, um, 
you know, the greatest nation to ever be created. But when you look at Washington, D.C., and you look at the establishment of America, it was established by uh, 99% of Bible-believing Christians. But like I said, with Rome, when, when Rome decided that they were going to adopt uh, Catholicism, not Christianity, Catholicism, a mixture of Christianity and paganism, as the religion of their state, what they did was basically ensure the continuation of a power base through Rome as Rome was being, you know, uh, uh, like America is today, constantly losing its power, its status, its, its great wealth, it's dwindling into uh, uh, nothing. Now, why is it? that these city-states I mentioned, the Londons, the D.C.s, then the Rome, why are they all littered with pagan and occultic symbology? The Statue of Liberty, for instance, is supposed to represent liberty, freedom, and America, and the American values. Well, what is the Statue of Liberty? Well, it is really Ishtar. There is also the same type of statue of Ishtar on the top of the Vatican. Same thing on top of Capitol Hill. Statue of Liberty. Again, Ishtar. You know what Ishtar, you know what she stood for? Freedom. Lady Liberty. So when we look at this symbology all the way back from the original Babylon through the Medo-Persian empires, through the Greece empire to Rome until it was broken up and we saw uh, a whole host of changes take place until the United Kingdom started the, the conquest in uh, America. Uh, now, and here we are today. We have the same uh, uh, systems, the same pagan societies that are secret societies, the pagan symbologies that they had originally thousands of years ago, which was when, you know, even before the flood. So I guess I say all that to say we were set up to fail. This American government is not for uh, bettering or furthering the person who lives there. You know, one of the things that I, as a child I always thought about is why the news never uses their uh, outreach to remind people of salvation through Jesus. Why doesn't every news outlet, local and mainstream, take 30 seconds at the end of their show and say, hey, don't forget, uh, you know, you have salvation by being born again uh, through Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't they do that? It never made sense to me why they would not uh, you know, use their abilities, their platform, their, their uh, uh, reach to better and help other people and lead them in the right direction. You see, the news media is great at creating and identifying and yelling about problems, but they never offer you the solution. And I know... If anything, this is the most scatterbrained show all over the place, but it all does tie together because I'm painting a picture here of understanding that we 
American citizens and Christians living in these end times have to understand that none of this stuff happened by accident. This, there, there is two, just like I talked about the nationalist agenda versus the globalist agenda. There is a spiritual component, obviously, that supersedes those. You have God's will and you have the satanic agenda in the spirit and in the world. Now, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he was taken to the pinnacle, the, 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 the absolute top of, of heaven. And the devil said, here, I will give you all the kingdoms from the beginning of time till the end of time and all their glory and they will be yours. And the Lord said, what? He said, no, I'm not going to get into the exact verbiage, but uh, it, it, the point I'm making is how could Satan give away all the nations, all the governments, unless he owns them? And we know that man lost dominion and sovereignty of this earth when Eve and Adam sinned. And kind of like uh, dying without leaving a will, by default the government inherits your property as Satan was cast down from heaven when man fell through sin, Satan inherited the sovereignty of earth. So whether it's a democracy, a monarchy, the type of government is irrelevant except for uh, in what purpose and how it treats its people and what the, the people are able to do. And is the government a necessary evil? Absolutely it is. We need organization, we need structure, we need rule, we need law and order. But to be clear, this goes to a, a whole line of a, a topic that I'm, I'm writing about, Christian patriotism. It's something that we want to be proud of. We want to be proud of America. I mean, think about the power that we have. In any nation in history that achieved this much power, what did they do? They went out to conquer. World dominion has always been the goal. America is the exception. Yes, we have been more interventionalist as of uh, late, uh, late last 50 years. Yes, we are acting as the world's policemen. But can you imagine a world where a Iran, we'll just say the roles were reversed, and Iran was the powerful nation, or you know any replace it with any nation that has a, a we'll, we'll use the Muslim nations because they have an ideology and political pseudo religious system that is built on conquest. I mean, we would have already had it in an Islamic world government, but this is uh, something else is happening here, and again. D.C., London, Rome, all tying in through symbology, uh, through the layouts of the city. You know, D.C. is laid out like a pentagram. I mean, you can see the evil by looking at a map from above. One of the commandments, you know, this is a thing that uh, uh, the, the Ten Commandments the Lord gave us. One of those commandments is not to make any graven image, any idol, any likeness of any living thing. Why would he 
the Ten Commandments. So don't murder. Yes, that's good advice. Don't murder. But equally important is don't create an image that looks or resembles any living thing on earth. Do we understand this? No, we don't. I'm looking at my mantle right here. I see a little decorative bird. I got. I see my grandma's old uh, uh, lighter. It's a. It's a guy in a uh, medieval iron uh, uh, suit. That she, I mean. So yes. Do we follow that? Do we pick and choose which commandments we follow and why? Uh, again, why would the Lord find it so important to put in the Ten Commandments? not to make a graven image. Symbology is important. Imagery is important. And when we have more time, we will get into this more. Again, and I appreciate you guys, if you're anybody who's still listening, uh, for bearing with me through this rambling. As I said, I have, uh, you know, like five pages of rough notes that I have not been able to, or had a chance to put together uh, into any kind of coherent thought. So I'm kind of just driveling along. But my studies are focusing on uh, America, America in prophecy, um, Babylon, the daughter of Babylon, and the identifications of these nations. Now, what is wanted to be uh, accomplished uh, by the nationalist ideology in this country? We want a more secure nation while continuing to enjoy uh, all of the freedoms that are afforded to us. We want prosperity for all people in this country and for the people to use that to help people in other countries wouldn't it be nice if there wasn't any poor people in the world i know that's uh you know a, a philosophical question that uh, you know we don't have any time to get into but there's a reason that the world is set up the way it is and thinking that wouldn't it be nice if everybody uh you know had enough money uh, to not worry about it for the rest of their life, every human being in the world. But uh, on the other side of that, to, to me, at least studying from when Scripture, when it talks about before the flood, when they were building the Tower of Babel, that nothing that the people set out to achieve in unison, uh, nothing could stop them. So the Lord had to divide uh, the languages and, and create the nations and scatter them amongst the world because they were going to build the Tower of Babel. So are we continuing? Are we the current day manifestation of the daughter of Babylon, the merchant to all of the nations, as it is said in Scripture? The global government system, the one world government, is coming. It's just a matter of how it's going to manifest its way here. But it is already here. And I promise, not only will I have, uh, I have so much great content here I didn't even get a chance to get into, but I will put this in a very coherent teaching or series of teachings. Because this is so important. We need to understand why things, I mean, once we, if we have a better understanding a fundamental understanding of why, what, and what America really is, we might be able to understand what's going to happen and why it's going to happen in the future. Folks, we're completely out of time. We'll see you tomorrow.
The Hagman Daily Show is brought to you by The Hagman Report. Tune in to The Hagman Report weekdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to hagmanreport.com. That's hagmanreport.com.